Behind the Shades. I want to welcome everyone to another episode of Behind the Shades. I have my guest here, Paul. And Paul, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are? Well, first off, thank you so much for allowing me to come on your podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the platform. Um, well, I am a mindset coach and I help people rewrite their story and take control of their lives, making sure that they take back their pen and write the story they want to write, not what other people want that to be, but what you actually want it to be, because that is the whole basis of my life. So, so often in my life, people wanted to take the pen from me and write what they thought my life story should be, but I refuse to give up the pen. And that's what I want to do for my clients is make sure they have the pen and they write the story of their lives that they want to write. Beautiful. You know what, everyone? I can't wait for this video to come up because the energy from this gentleman right here is beautiful. I love the energy. Tell us, Paul, what is a mindset coach for those who don't know? Well, for me, what a mindset coach is, is allowing people the opportunity to see the greatness in their lives. You know, so often we're bogged down by limited belief, like, oh, you know, I can't do that. I can't do that. And I think, why not? Why not go after the things we want to go after? I, I do a lot of interviewing different people and I've interviewed people in their 70s, 80s and 90s. And the, the theme that I get from them is not what they did do, is what they didn't do. They regret, they feel like, oh man, I had an opportunity to do this and I didn't do it. I had an opportunity to do that and I didn't do it. And I wish I would have done it. And, and, and what I want people to do is live in the present moment. The past is the past. It is gone. It's no more. And the future is not guaranteed. So go after what you want to go after because there's not going to be a sign that's going to tell you start now. It will never happen. You've got to make it happen. And you're 100% right because I always say to people, regret is probably one of the biggest reasons we don't do many things and it destroys so many people's dreams and to hear you speak about how you want to remove the regret from these people make sure that they don't live in the past so i guess my question paul to you is how do you move someone from that type of mindset into the mindset that you're discussing where it's what happened to yesterday is yesterday let's build towards the future and go from there it's the power of gratitude so I have an exercise that I have my clients do and I do on a daily basis and it, and it truly, truly helps. When you wake up in the morning before you start whatever your morning routine is, take a few minutes to think about something that's going well in your life right now or something that you're grateful for. It could be your family, it could be your job, it could be your sense of humor. And if you had a crummy uh, day before, it could be you're alive and you have an opportunity to rectify whatever happened the day before. And, and what that will do for you is it will start to open up your mind to positive things that are going to happen in your day. It could be something as simple as getting something on your phone saying free coffee up. Oh, the day keeps getting better and better and better because you can go the opposite way, right? You could be driving to work and you get a flat tire and go, just my luck. This would happen to me. Bad things do happen to me. And I would say to that individual that says that is, yeah, bad things do happen to you because you're looking out for those bad things. How often when you buy a car and you start driving that car around the road, all of a sudden you see that car all over the place. Your mind is looking for it. It's the same thing with a positive and negative mindset. Is that how, 
you got through what you went through? Because I know there's some, I know that you mentioned to me, there's a cerebral palsy and things of that nature, right? Like how much of your personal experience from then till now to the future is a part of what you do? It's, it, it, it shaped my life. Um, if you'd like, it could go into it a little bit. Um, of course, uh, Paul, please feel free, my friend. Okay, sounds good. So uh, if your viewers don't know what cerebral palsy is, it basically happens at birth. It's lack of oxygen to the brain. And as a result of this lack of oxygen to the brain at labor, uh, it can leave one side of the body paralyzed and it can affect your speech. Um, and this is permanent. This does not go away. This is forever. So uh, when I was an infant, uh, I wasn't moving the right side of my body very much. My mom was very concerned. So she took me to doctors, did some testing done to see what the problem was, why, why I wasn't moving the right side of my body very much. And after uh, numerous tests, they came back that I had cerebral palsy. And the first doctor said that uh, they thought it was so severe that I would never be able to walk, that I would be stuck in a wheelchair. And it'd be good that I get used to being in a wheelchair because that was going to be my life going forward. Well, thank goodness for a wonderful mom. She didn't go with that diagnosis. She got other opinions, found a physician that was willing to help. And because of, with this physician's help, I was able to walk at age three, which obviously was a huge, huge feat because uh, the other doctors thought I wouldn't be walking and, I, I, and obviously I'm walking. Um, don't really remember that, but obviously that was great. But I don't, do remember being put into soccer around when I was five or six years old. And at the time, I could probably run about 25 to 50 yards. That's about it. So basically, I'm, I'm on a soccer field. I'm basically standing there where the other kids are actually playing soccer around me. And I remember saying to my mom, I'm like, this is ridiculous. I, I'm just standing here. I don't want to play soccer anymore. I'm making a fool out of myself. And my mom telling me, that's fine. If you don't want to play soccer anymore, that's okay. But you, we need to honor our commitments. You need to finish out that soccer season. And after that soccer season, if you don't want to play soccer anymore, that's fine. That's the way it will go. And that's what happened. I, I finished out the soccer season. I'm 40 years old and I've never played soccer again in my life. <laughs> but um, I, got a, uh, I got a break, a, a huge break when I was about six or seven years old. I got surgery on my right foot and I didn't know how much of a game changer was going to be, but it tightened up the tendon in my, in my right foot and gave me a little bit more spring in my step and kind of took away the pain I was feeling when I was running. And I, I didn't test it out yet, but I remember my first day of PE because I went to a different school at the time. And I remember uh, the teacher doing, we're doing the stretches and the teacher saying, okay, run a lap. And I'm like, oh crap, here we go again. I'm gonna run 25 to 50 yards. I'm gonna stop. These other kids are gonna see me and they're just gonna start teasing me. Uh, but because of the surgery it was different, I was able to go past that point where I normally have to stop. And I remember saying to myself, come on, Paul, you got this, bud. Keep going, bud. Keep going. And I finished the lap with the other kids. On the outside, I kept it nice and cool. But on the inside, I was like, yes, 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 yes. The first time in my life, in my young life, where I just fit in, I didn't stand out. And because of the surgery, things did get easier, but I wouldn't consider them easy. I switched schools again in middle school or junior high, whatever you call it now. I was like, what, 12 or 13 years old. And that's a tough age, regardless, you know, if you had a disability or not. Coming into a, a new school, being that age, everybody already is in their cliques. They already have, you know, they've, formed, they've been in school together for years. So it's hard to penetrate. So just being a new kid alone, that's a tough age to get into a new school. But I was a new kid 
with the disability because I walk with a little bit of a limp and I hold my right arm a little bit differently. So it was even tougher for me. And I remember getting into that school and being bullied and teased constantly, all the time bullied and teased. And on top of this, uh, my mom uh, raised me Catholic. So she wanted me to go to a Catholic high school. So I had to take an assessment test to see where I was at academically. Well, I must have bombed the thing because when I uh, met with the principal and my mom, uh, the principal says to us, well, we're going to put Paul at the lowest level possible and don't expect much from him. He's not, he doesn't seem like he's college material. After one test, the, the principal tells, tells us this. So I'm devastated. I'm bullying and teased in school. I, I'm crying in my room, crying myself to sleep, going, why me? Why do I have to be different? Why can't I just fit in with the other, other kids? And I don't know what came over me, but around midway through eighth grade, I was just tired and tired of feeling angry and sad all the time because those were my go-to emotions because of the environment I was in. But I didn't, I knew deep down those weren't really my go-to emotions. I was just, it was just armor that was put up because I just was not in a good, a good headspace. See, the story I told you about having cerebral palsy, I wanted to bury that story. I didn't want to talk about that story because all through growing up, all I wanted to do was fit in. I didn't want any special treatment. I just wanted to be treated like any other kid. So anytime cerebral palsy was brought up or anything that would go to that matter, I'd almost be in tears talking about it. So I didn't want to talk about it. And I thought, there's no way I'm going to ever get any tractions in this business if I do not be, if I'm not vulnerable with, with my clientele. So I started opening up about having cerebral palsy and it was, it was just, it was almost magical because uh, I, people would come up to me and go, you know what, I don't have cerebral palsy, but I have X, Y, and Z. And I really think that you, you'd be able to help me because you went through this. I'd like to have a conversation with you. And slowly but surely I started getting more and more clients that wanted to work with me all because of me sharing my story. And that brings me here today. And I think that's beautifully said because you're in a situation where you're going from being different, but you're always looking to fit in, as you mentioned, right, from high school to the different jobs that you have. And one thing I would love to point out and highlight for everyone listening is that you're always able to adapt to your surroundings, which shows how determined you were to be the best version of yourself. For example, when in high school, you had some difficulty with the teasing and the bullying. And then once you made the varsity team and your energy shift, you became more confident. You started to believe in yourself. You started to perform in ways that maybe you didn't think you can perform. And I look at those situations and I love tying it back to the childhood because your mother, in a lot of ways, was very similar. She had a child that was going through this and she was able to encourage, to nurture to grow that child to the man that I, I'm interviewing today. Then you went to the bank job through your, through your friend and you had something to prove. You did well. Yes, you may have had some failures, but failing and falling flat on your face, I say this time and time again, it is one of the best ways to learn because when you're out there in the forest, in the jungle, and all you have, Paul, and for those listening, all you have is yourself. All you have is me, my determination, my ambition, and my resourcefulness to get to the point, to get successful, to be successful. And here you are, you want to be a life coach. You went at it through the experience, through all these things that 
was motivating you. And as you mentioned, you had this person come in and they blew you away and you knew this was what you wanted to do. It was like your calling. Did it feel like this is me? Was that the moment in your life where you you were like, this is why I survived what I survived in my childhood because now I could try to bring people up the same way so many other people in my life early on did for me. Oh, no question about it. I really think that that it's always been a theme in my life. And growing up, I've always loved, you know, those underdog stories like Rudy, Stand to Deliver, Remember the Titans, you name any inspirational story. I probably I probably seen it already because I, I, I loved it. I've always wanted Pursuit of Happiness, another one that I really love. But but yeah, I, I, I and and I and I I've always been that way, you know, and I in talking with people, you know, just on the street or maybe even in, in an Uber car or whatever, when they say they have these ambitions, you know, these high, high ambitions, I always like I always light up when they, they say to me, they oh, you know, I wanna be an actor, I wanna be a CEO of a company, I wanna do this, I wanna do that. On you know, and and because a lot of people that, that say that's or a lot of people that they say that to probably say, forget it. You can't do it. You can't do it because these goals are so grandioso. And, but they still have that grit to say, no, I'm going to do it. And I, and I admire that. I've always did. And, and I always wanted to help those people when things got tough, you know, when, when they were in the weeds, you know, because we all have these weak moments and I want to be that, that boost of, 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 of inspiration to go, no, you can't, you're just, you're just having a weak moment. You're, you're, you know, we need to, we need to switch that mind thinking right now because you can do it. And, and yeah, so to answer your question, yes. And how does it feel now to be a part of all these people's success in life? How does that feel for you? You know, it, it feels tremendous, you know, and I, and I live vicariously through, through my clients. Cause there's a lot of amazing people. I remember one of my clients, he was, uh, had this, this big presentation he had to do and it was the next day. And I remember me not, me not sleeping because I was just thinking about going, you know what, you know, I'm so excited for him, this and that. And I, I, I text him that morning, I, you know, good luck, blah, 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 blah. I go, you better, you better hit me up right after you get off stage. Cause I want to know how, how bad you, how, how great you did on that thing. I want to know how bad you nailed that thing. And uh, so, so I'm, you know, I, I, I really get into it. I really get into, you know, their lives and wanting them to, to just to stretch themselves as much as they can or they want to. If it was possible for you to speak to the next generation of people that have a similar situation to yourself, what would you want to tell the next generation of people that may be suffering with cerebral palsy or maybe suffering with some, with some type of um, situation that maybe they feel that they can't handle? Like, what would you tell them, Paul? So you want me to answer the question as 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 somebody that you know that that's suffering from cerebral palsy, or the or like the the parents or there's or, or the staff helping that person? Um, in a way that the person is separated. Let's say if I was suffering from that, right, and I'm okay. growing up and I'm and I'm 18 years old and I'm going through a hard time in high school, similar to you. What do you want to tell the next generation of people coming up? Okay, well, I would want to tell uh, them or anybody suffering from anything, any type of limitation of any sort, whether it be physical, mental, whatever it may be. Stop focusing on what you can't do 
and focusing on what you can do because there's so much that you can do. And I challenge you to write it down on a piece of paper and keep writing. Just don't, don't, don't stop, just let it flow. Write it down, write all the stuff that you can do and you'll be surprised how much you can do. And out of that list that you can do, there may be one or two things that may become a passion of yours. And I, and I would suggest maybe going after that and seeing if it is a passion of yours. It's, it's all about trial and error, but focus on, on the can, not the can. Many of us will focus on the negative because the negative is so much more impactful, right? Um, you have people that may not have gone through what you've gone through, but there's so many people that have been bullied, that have been teased. It seems, unfortunately, that it's um, the path of life for so many people, right? It's it's like the passage of time where once you're in school, so many people go through it, or even on the on the professional level at work or in relationships, things of that nature. Looking back, Paul, on that, have you told the people who are there for you how important it was for them to be there for you? Yeah, no, no question about it. There's probably a lot of people that I haven't, but the most important person that that I have had this conversation with is my mom. Uh, without my mom, I don't know where I'd be right now. Uh, probably not where, I'd probably not be doing a podcast with you without her right now. Uh, she was instrumental in my life and and, and still lives. So she's, she's always been a, a big cheerleader in my life and never, and never let me doubt myself and never let me use excuses. Always, 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 uh, you know, pushed me in the direction of, of where I wanted to go. And, and she knows that, and she's a big advocate of what I'm doing now. So, um, yeah, uh, I would say my mom and, and, and she knows how much I appreciate her. One of the things that I had growing up was my grandmother was such a big part of my life and such a big role in my life. And as I grew up and got older and older, one of my dreams was I just wanted, just because of the age differences is bigger than it was for your mother and, and yourself, right? Because this is two generations above you. I always looked at it. And one of my dreams was I always wanted my grandmother to see me succeed because she meant so much to me. Now that your mother has seen you become this confident, strong, successful man, if you were to put into words how she feels, if you were to take a guess, how would she feel seeing you now? I think that she sees, uh, you know, somebody that's that's truly happy, and uh, that's truly kind, and and wa wants to to make a difference. Whether it's just one person or whether it's a million people wanting to make a difference, and and that's all it, it's it's really about. It's not really about, uh, you know, having to be, you know, this grandioso Tony Robbins. You name that type of person. It, it's not really about that. It's about you know the client in front of you worrying about that client in front of you and 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 get and doing the best for that client because i think when your client facing a lot of good help comes from it because i work with a group of uh, different coaches and and sometimes when i do an interview i always do a, a free consultation make sure that we're right fit and there's times where i'm like you know what because of x y and z you'd actually work better with this coach and um and if your client facing like that it'd be best because it's going to be, you're going to have a, the client's going to have a better experience with working with that coach because they're an expert in that field. And that and what goes around comes around. And that same coach will talk to somebody else and go, you know what, 
you'd work better with Paul. I, you need to talk to Paul. And if you, if we all have that, that mindset of just, you know, let's, let's worry about the, the client that we're focusing on right now and do right by the client. So much good will come of it, you know, referral based, everything. So, so yeah, just helping out the client and, and being client facing is, 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 is my mantra. Perfect. So what is next for Paul going forward? Going forward, um, I like to do a little bit more speaking engagements, live speaking engagements going forward. I, you know, I, I really enjoy that. I think that that's what's going to be a, a major focus on what I'm doing. And then uh, really working on my uh, Facebook group, Rewrite Your Story, you know, allowing people to come in there and, and tell their story with no judgment. We're setting up meetup groups once a month where, you know, we come together virtually all over the world and we just talk about a subject and then we just support each other and go, you know what, I had that same problem and this is what I did to get over it. So just building up that community of just, you know, allowing people a space to, 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 to express, hey, you know what, I'm not doing right right now. And, and, and knowing the group is not going to judge them and knowing the group just wants to help them. That, that's what the, the two main focuses are, are for me right now is that rewrite your story, Facebook group and, uh, and, and speaking uh, live events. The speaking events, I've seen a, a few of them. Um, and there, if, if there's anyone that hasn't seen some of those talks, I highly recommend seeing it because you can get so much out of like speaking engagement, especially when you're interacting with the crowd and you see so many people that you can impact in such a positive way and to just the energy pull that you give off and the confidence and your story um i look forward to hearing about you getting back into those speaking engagements and helping so many more people going forward yeah i appreciate that yeah thank you uh, thanks you i mean this has been a great talk that we've had and um, and I hope, hopefully, you know, if, if one viewer, if I, if I could have inspired one viewer of yours, then I've, de- I've done my job. <laughs>